Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the show. And in full transparency, it is right now about 10 o'clock at night. I was just getting ready for bed, listening to a listening to an audible book, as I do normally, very often uh, on business, and I just got such motivation to record a podcast episode. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I am going to hop on and record this episode that was not planned ahead of time. And the motivation behind this comes from. Russell Brunson, who was talking about sharing our journey and being fully transparent. And instead of trying to create content all the time, just removing the curtain and letting people see our journey and our process. And so I recently, just very recently, shared publicly along with Art Gallery Fabrics that I'm going to be a new fabric designer for Art Gallery Fabrics. And I thought, you know what, as I heard this on the Audible book, I was like, I bet a lot of listeners are really curious how that happened. And I have a book that got released this year. These are big things that I've been working towards for years. And I know that I've had people ask questions to me about how do you do that? What does that look like? How did you get there? And so I just wanted to sit down and record this episode and share, share my journey so I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I started, you know, Quilter's Candy as a monthly subscription box. And looking back, I am curious where the drive came from, but I had a drive. I just did. I mean, I didn't play a lot of sports growing up, but my husband's like, you would have been really competitive because it turns out I'm competitive when it comes to business. I want to succeed and I want it badly. And I don't know where that comes from, but I do. I just have that. And so along with that, I also love studying about business, which is so funny because if you would have told me in college that I was interested, that I'd be interested in business and that I'd own a business and be an entrepreneur, I just wouldn't have believed it. It was not something I I wanted to be a teacher, something more structured, but I, I, I'm interested in business, it turns out. So I studied. I did a lot of studying on my own about what was out there and published on how to start a subscription box, how to be successful with that. And I gobbled it up. I mean, everything that I read and I retained that. I don't remember all the things, but I remembered those things. I mean, someone could have told me a story and told me their dog's name. And the next day I'd be like, what? tell me that again. What was that? But if I read a blog post on a subscription box, I could have told you detail for detail what I read because it it was just it, top of my mind, obsessive a little bit. So I worked really hard with my business partner to start that subscription box. And I was doing all the marketing ideas that I could see and hear and that they seemed to be working well. And I was loving it. And then as the story goes, my business partner moved and I did the box on my own for a bit. And it got to a point where I had to evaluate where am I going to, I really did look at real estate in my area. Am I going to get 
an office where we can put more inventory. I was capped. I could only hold so much in my house. I could only do so many boxes. I had someone I was hiring to help put the boxes together and help me fulfill. And I was at capacity and I was toying with the idea, do I hire a small team? You know, is this what I want to do? Do I want to grow this? And I didn't. I knew that my, I was starting to dabble in writing my own quilt patterns. I had made enough. My mind was racing with quilt pattern ideas. And I knew that there was energy somewhere else in this quilting market. And in full transparency, I, when I decided I was going to be done with the box and I was going to announce the box is done, I'm not doing this subscription anymore. It was a last minute thing where I was like, I want to be able to share something big, like this is ending, but there's this thing. And I had seen that Art Gallery Fabrics had brand ambassadors. They're called Socialites, S-E-W, Socialite. And I just reached out to them. And I had met Pat, the owner of Art Gallery Fabrics, uh, at the very, very beginning of my boxes. Uh, I met her at Quilt Market. And we hit it off. We were good friends. And I actually had a special little subscription box that featured her and had things from Argentina, where she's from, and her fabrics. And so we had bonded and connected and had a friendship. And so I reached out to Pat and asked if I could be a brand ambassador, a socialite for Art Gallery Fabrics. And it wasn't the beginning of the year. And I think they normally, I don't know. I don't even know if they have that program anymore. Um, but thankfully, she said yes. And they would love to have me as a brand ambassador. And I, as I recall, I kind of invited myself out to Miami to go and see Art Gallery Fabrics. I wanted to go and see it. And I guess I didn't have any inhibitions about that. And so I did. I went out to Miami. They had me out there for a couple of days and, and I loved it. And I met the team and saw the fabric warehouse. And, um, and so I signed a one-year contract and I was ecstatic that I had something that big and exciting to share about as I also announced the end of the subscription box. And there were a few months where I... I won't say floundered, but I didn't know. I knew I was going to work on quilt patterns, and I was. I was designing quilt patterns. But there was a brief period there where I didn't have a membership of any type. And I wish I had documented. And that's why I'm doing this podcast right now, because I want to document right now and share all the things I can remember up to this point. But I wish I could remember the time, the timing of it. But I remember thinking, that box was a great business model, the monthly subscription box. Why don't I do an online digital membership? That is the same kind of thing, but I have no overhead costs. There is no cap. I'm doing the same amount of work. So like with the subscription box, every additional client, all the additional money I got created more work for me. And I did not want to exchange my time for money. And with a digital membership, I would do the same amount of work, but I was rewarded way more heavily for growth because it was just extra money coming in. It wasn't more work. And so I decided, I remember going on a walk with my husband. We have a park behind our house and walking, and I was talking about this membership and how excited I was about it. And um, and periodically moving forward, I would have other business ideas. And my husband would be on a walk. He'd be like, do you remember 
that moment where you thought about the digital membership. What's your main? I mean, he never would be like, just focus on the membership, but kind of, he'd guide me back to that. Like, because the ideas, if you're an entrepreneur, the ideas aren't the problem. We have so many ideas, but the trick is reining it in and focusing on the one thing. So I focused on that membership and it's been so fun. I did not foresee the benefits that would come from it in regards to the relationships. Like sending out a subscription box was really fun, but I wasn't as privy to that experience of people opening the box. But with the membership, I get to see and interact and we have digital meetings and like I actually have relationships with people who show up. You know, some of the people are just there for the patterns and they don't, you know, that's what's a value to them. But some do come to those live things and do participate in the groups, you know, the Facebook group or the Instagram, um, and they do earn the prizes and they do show up for the monthly show and tell and provide photos of what they're making. And so all of a sudden there's this connection with people that I didn't even know that I was missing with the box. So that was a very pleasant surprise. So that's how I became a socialite for Art Gallery Fabrics. It was almost like a, not a necessity, but a want where I was like, I really want to have something big to announce. So it's not just like, wah, wah, the box is done and stick around, you know. Um, so in that way, I, not that it was calculated, but it was definitely like I wanted something to announce and to be exciting and excited about. And I was... I did really, and I obviously, and now I'm with Art Gallery Fabrics, I just really love especially going there and meeting them and and hearing the ethics behind what they do. Uh, as a small business owner, I'll just share a little bit because, because it really meant a lot to me. So as a subscription box owner, I would go to Quilt Market and um, and I had reps from different companies who would come and sell me things. And I did not know at first when I started this box that by, I was very new to the uh, brand spanking new to the quilting industry. So when I would call, let's say, I don't know why I won't say names, but I, I would call a company and put in an order for 300 scissors, you know, to go in the box. I did not know that that was an unusually high order. And once I started to understand that, I would try to negotiate and say, hey, can I get an extra discount because this is such a high order? Some companies didn't do that. Some did. And um, and then I found out that some of the really big, like, I don't know, like Amazon, if you will, of the quilting community, that they get a, an extra discount from most places because their orders are so big. And it was very deflating as here I was like wanting to benefit from give me a deal. But wait, you're giving other people a bigger deal than me? And it was really hard as a small business owner to... Um, and, and I, I totally see the hypocrisy in myself of like, give me the deal. But wait, what? Not them, you know. Um, however, so as a small business owner, that was hard for me because I would see the discount that these other companies were getting and they had more money to upfront to buy these things. And then they were able to charge less for their things because they were getting it at a lower price. And so my box, the price was higher because my prices were higher. And every once in a while, people were like, well, I'm going to buy this other subscription box because it's cheaper and you get more stuff. And it was 
very frustrating because I was like, well, yeah, you do because they're getting it sold to them at a cheaper price. So one of the things that I really like about Art Gallery Fabrics, and I'll just share it here, is that they don't give discounts to to anyone. So because someone is buying a huge amount of fabric, sometimes they'll say, well, hey, because I'm buying such a big amount, could I get an extra discount on top of what you, the normal wholesale distribution cost would be? Art Gallery does not play that game. They are like, no, that actually really hurts the small little independent shops because they aren't ordering big amounts and they don't have that kind of money to pay for big amounts. So we don't we don't do that. And they also are very careful to look at, you know, Etsy shop sellers, people who are selling their fabric to make sure that everyone's selling it at the same amount so that no one's undercutting anyone else. And so for me, having owned a subscription box in the past and having to play that game of dang it, I need to buy this at this price, but someone else can buy it cheaper because they're buying more and they're bigger. So I feel like I'm getting extra punished for being a small company. So for me, that was very attractive with Art Gallery Fabrics. So that's how I started my relationship with Art Gallery. Well, I started really when I met Pat at Quilt Market, but that's how I became a socialite. And about this same time, I'm trying to remember the timeline of it, 2018, whenever Bonnie Christine opened her first immersion course, I had a friend say, hey, did you see, I think I was talking about, it'd be so cool to design fabric. I'm dabbling in Adobe. It's really hard. I, I, I'm frustrated with this. And uh, my friend Kelly of Simply Macbeth, she was like, oh, did you see that Bonnie Christine is opening a course where she's teaching that very thing? I was like, oh, she is? I did not know that. And I went and looked and it was like $1,000. And I was terrified to spend that much. Um, and But I did. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. And so I took her course and I jumped in and dabbled with fabric design. And I did not have a look. I didn't have a niche. I submitted to several, well, okay, to one for sure. I submitted to one fabric company and they were interested, but they were like, oh, the look isn't there yet. And so I just kind of worked, stepped aside and kept working on my, my look. And on and off, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm definitely going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to do this. So 2018 to 22, 18, 19, 20, 20, that's what, four years. Um, I worked on and off on fabric design. And in the meantime, I got very familiar with Adobe. And I, you know, my pattern writing got better and better. And I decided I, I've learned so much from other people being open and honest about what they've learned. I went to Quilt Market and I remember um, meeting Amy. I think it's Hickory Dickory Doc. Uh, she designs for Wyndham or designed. I actually, I need to look and see. She probably still does. And she was so sweet and so supportive. And I asked her some questions about pattern writing and design and fabric design. And she was an open book. And 
just freely shared information. And I remember walking away from that conversation with her conversations. I'm sure I was annoying and kept going up to her booth at Quilt Market like, so, hey, it's me again. How are you? You were nice. And so I'm going to keep being your friend, whether you want me or not. Um, but she was just so sweet and supportive. And I remember walking away from that and thinking that's the kind of person I want to be in this industry. Cause I definitely asked others where it was shut down and I, and I figured out pretty quickly, or I would hear them talk about other people who would ask them things. And they were like, I'm not going to tell them I've spent years trying to figure that out. Why would I go and tell them that? And I was like, ah, okay, don't ask that person. And then I also learned some etiquette too of like, that's true. They have worked really hard. And unless they are offering to help someone, it's probably not polite to go and say, hey, can you give me a hack on how you figured this out? You know, And some people view it as like, well, then you would be competing with me. So I don't really want to help you with that. So, so I, I heard those different things, you know, um, and then I also met Jenny Doan of Missouri Star Quilt Company at Quilt Market. So there's a theme here. I met a lot of people at Quilt Market. That has, and I do have an episode where I talk about going to shows like QuiltCon and Quilt Market or trade shows in any industry. It really is priceless to meet people and have connections. So that's a side tangent. But I met Jenny Doan, and also she doesn't know me. She did not know me from anyone. And I was asking her questions on marketing and business, and she was so friendly and so open and shared very freely. And so it was Amy and Jenny, those two people where I was like, I want to be that person. I want to help people out and share my information freely and not worry that that's going to hurt my business or I don't want to view that as my competition, you know? So all this time, I actually, when I met Bonnie Christine after her first course, she came to Quilt Market. So that would have been, was it 2018 or 19? Somewhere around there. She came to Quilt Market and invited her alumni to come um, and meet up, and we all talked about what our dreams were. And I said, I want to create a course on how to write and sell quilt patterns. And I knew I wasn't ready at that time. I had written a few patterns, but I wanted to first get my patterns into wholesale distributors. Like I just, I wanted to print paper patterns. I, there were steps that I wanted to be able to teach people and I knew I hadn't gotten there yet. And so I just kept working and building my membership and making notes. I had a whole list of notes on my phone of, oh, I want to be sure to talk about this in the course. I want to be sure to cover this. Or if I learned something in Adobe on how to apply that to my pattern writing, then I would make a note and add that. And even things as like, how, how am I naming my pattern? Okay, let's make a lesson on that, on how to name your patterns. You know, so just, and I'm, I am really glad, I was going to say kind of glad, I'm really glad I didn't jump into teaching that course before I was ready that, um, that I had, you know, I needed to learn how to definitely make a paper pattern, how to get a barcode on the back and, and wholesale distributors. What, what a cakewalk that is, you know, trying to figure out what they need from you and, net 30, all these things that, that I couldn't have taught had I not walked that walk. Um, and so the very first time I opened the quilt pattern writing course, I feel like I, I, and I've said this before, that phrase ready, aim, fire, that I'm more ready, fire, aim. And that's, so as much as I say that I spent years, like, I want to make sure to include this, I want to be sure to include this. Once I 
feel like, okay, I'm there. I just jump in and do the thing, you know, I want to start a podcast. All right, let's do it. I just jump in and do it. And that actually has been a major plus and benefit in my career. I want to be an art gallery socialite. All right, let's reach out and do it. All right, great. Let's start tomorrow. Perfect. Or I'll put out and just put out there. I am going to offer this. And then because I put it out there, I'm like, okay, I need to be, I need to hold myself accountable to that. And so, um, I just kind of jumped the gun a little bit. Um, so with that, you know, I, I put out this course, I didn't study the marketing of a course the year after I launched my course, then I signed up for Amy Porterfield's course on how to launch a course, which I didn't need to do that, by the way, I'd launched the course and it had been a success, but there we have it. That's what I did. Um, and she does a great course. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love Amy Porterfield. She's been a great mentor of mine via her podcasts. So I released that course and I had some people ask, have you ever published a book? And I was like, dang it. No, I haven't. And so I just, no, I haven't, you know? Um, and so in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, that is something I want to be able to have on my resume, especially since I'm teaching a course on writing quilt patterns, I want to be able to talk about how to publish a book. Um, and so uh, sometime after I released the, the course for the first time, a publishing company reached out to me, Fox Chapel, Chapel Fox, and they asked if I wanted to publish a book with them. And they approached me with the idea, Color Block. They study the trends of what's coming up, and Color Blocks is very trendy. And for whatever reason, they wanted me uh, as the author of the book. And so I just did a quick, I was thrilled beyond thrilled because I had reached out to a few publishing companies and they were like, no, 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 you need to approach us with an idea, a concrete idea. Um, and even then we'll, we'll think about it. I was like, Oh, so, um, I, I had thought about it and I'd reached out and it was a dead end. So for someone to reach out to me, I was thrilled. And so I signed the contract. My sister, who's an editor looked at it. She's like, yep, this is a good contract. It's sound go for it. Um, and, and that just came out this year, like a month, a couple weeks ago, it just was released. That was so crazy trying to get all of that done. That's a whole process in and of itself. But, um, and I swore up and down, I will never do this again, never do this again. And everyone's like, I, oh, yeah, you probably will. And honestly, it is hilarious. Now that it's out, I have a hankering to do another book. And, and that color block, I'm so glad that that company approached me and, and I am thrilled that it's with a publisher. It really brings more credibility. I had been trying to get checker to carry my patterns forever and they wouldn't. I was with Brewer and Moda and other companies, but checker wouldn't pick me up. Then I reached out to them with one of my patterns that was every time a new pattern would come out, I'd reach out, Hey, there's this, let me know if you want to buy it. Then with, um, I don't even remember what pattern front porch, I believe my front porch pattern. I reached out again. Hey, there's this new pattern. Let me know if you want to buy it. And they responded, Hey, we saw you have a book coming out. We would love to buy your patterns. Here we go. And we opened an account and I was like, well, I'll be there. I, I, I don't know how they knew. I don't know how they heard. But that publishing company carries some merit and some weight, and um, it it's a reputable thing that will get you indoors that you couldn't have got in 
And, and it's not an easy thing. Not everyone has been published by a publisher. So if that opportunity comes and you're thinking about it, my two cents would be yes. Will I earn as much money from all of those patterns as if I sold them on my own? Probably not. But I wanted that on my resume and it is so cool. I didn't even know this. Someone else shared with me a screenshot that, hey, your book's available in Target. You can buy it on Amazon. I was like, whoa, what? I didn't have to do a lick of work for that. The publisher has done that work behind the scenes for me. And so that's been really cool and I'm really grateful for that. Um, so that's that's a little bit about, I feel like I need to dedicate a whole episode, a podcast episode on the process of writing the book and what I would do differently moving forward um, and what I loved about it. So to to be continued in another podcast episode. But with fabric design. So like I said, I, I have a friendship with Pat Bravo of Art Gallery Fabrics. Uh, we, you know, I did the socialite thing. I went out to Miami to visit and I did show her my fabric designs and we talked. I, I reached out to her about coming out to Miami in October, which I will be doing. I'm so excited this October. My alumni are invited to apply and there will be a handful, a dozen of us going out to Miami for a business retreat where we get to go to Art Gallery Fabrics and meet them and do some collaborations with them, which I'm thrilled about. When I was chatting with Pat about this idea of coming out there, she was like, well, hey, when are you going to submit your fabric? Oh, no, rewind, rewind, rewind. Before that, I had submitted and shown Pat some of my designs. And she said, you, she was so sweet to tutor me on this. She was like, you have a look with your quilts. You have a brand. You know, you've done a good job of getting a feel. It's not showing here in the fabric. And I'm sure she said it differently because because I'm not her. But that's how it came across in my mind. I, it made it clicked. It made sense for the first time because I had been struggling to figure out what my look was going to be for fabric design, and which makes me very empathetic when I have students who are in my quilt pattern course and they are struggling for what's my look going to be for my quilt patterns. You know, because that's very big for success is having a niche and a look, a brand, all that. Um, and so it took me years. I am so glad that the first company that I applied to work with for fabric design didn't pick me up because I needed that time to develop my look and my brand, which actually happened through quilting. And it's so funny because my very first quilt patterns were on brand. It was me. And I floundered because I started wanting success quicker than I was getting it with my pattern designs. And so I started looking outward at what's popular. Oh, well, that person did that and it did really well. So I should try something like that. Oh, that, that person. Oh yeah, I need to try that. And so I, I tried to do things that weren't what I really loved. And what's so funny is now I'm coming back to the, a, a, a nod to traditional quilts, but they're modern and scrappy. And my colors, I mean, brown, pinks, and those might evolve over time as, as looks and colors and that, you know, might change. But I definitely came back to what I started off with. And it's, you know, so I don't know for what that's worth. If there's something you're really drawn to and you start to second guess it, go with that gut instinct, that first initial like, but this is what I really love. At least that was in my experience. Like I had to 
flounder a bit to come back to my original, the OG. Um, so that going through that process of like, okay, yeah, this is my look. And now applying that to fabric, it was so much easier. And so for Pat to word it that way, like your brand and aesthetic needs to reflect in the fabric. I was like, that I can do. But then I, I struggled with drawing. No, not drawing. I like the drawing and the sketching. And I am by no means like a fine artist. I'm more of like a sketcher and drawing cute little fun things. But I, that's okay. Those are the fabrics that I, I like those kinds of things. But then to take it and put it into a repeating pattern that worked, I probably spent a year or two just struggling with that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm still, to be totally transparent, I still look at other fabric designs and patterns simply to see how much they space out their flowers and the order of arrangement. And so I'm really excited to keep designing fabric to get to a point where that becomes more innate and inherent, where it just becomes more natural for me. So Pat, fast forward to this phone conversation about coming out in October. And she was like, hey, so what about the fabric design? What have you been doing? And I was like, I don't know if it's for me. It was just so funny at the beginning of this conversation. I was like, I don't know if it's for me. It's really stressful. And she, you know, why, why? And I said, it's really stressful for me to figure out like my main big design. You know, if you look at quilting lines, there's like usually one big, it's usually floral, but like one big signature print. And then, you know, I, and she's like, well, what do you want? And I said, honestly, I love Liberty. Like, I love how it's just tiny little little, you know, I love the little scrappy. And I showed her my quilt garden harvest where I used a lot of Maureen Cracknell and Sharon Holland. And I was like, these, I love these and low volume. And like, this is what I love. And she's like, you can do that. You can release a fabric line that has that in it, just that. And I, it, it was like a brick wall was torn, you know? And I was like, I, what? I can do that? Okay then yeah, I can do that. And so I showed her what I had and I put together and, and all of a sudden it was like not so hard to make the repeating pattern. Um, so then I sent it to her and she loved it. And I was like, oh my gosh, she loves it. I'm loving it. I'm having fun with this. And then, so how that works, I would submit my drawings and she said, just submit everything that you have. The more you have, the better. And if we don't use it for this collection, we can use it on the road or we can tweak it. So I submitted everything I had and then she picked out the ones, you know, she and the girls and at our gallery picked out the ones that were their top favorites. And then she curated a color collection, like, uh, I don't know how many colors, 12, we'll say 12 to 18 colors. Um, and then I went back into Adobe with her colors and recolored everything. And then we submitted it again. And then we got on a Zoom call with her and one of the other art directors at Art Gallery. And we talked about, let's try this. Let's tweak this. Let's make this flower bigger. Let's make this, you know, this and that, this and that. And it went back and forth maybe two or three times to where I finally was like, yep, I love it. I can give my stamp of approval. And it was very important for me to feel like, 100% satisfied with every print that comes out because it's, it's my baby, you know, it's my thing. It's got my name on it and it feels very vulnerable to 
to show that to people, which is funny. I mean, I'm excited and I don't totally care if not everyone loves it. I care if, if no one loves it, but I don't care if every, if it's not for everyone, because, because for the people who it's for, it'll be really for that, you know, same with like my pattern designs. So, um, but it, it feels, I don't, how, I don't know. Like for me, I don't mind speaking in front of people, but singing in front of people feels very naked. Like showing these drawings to people feels very like, here you go. This is my thing, you know? Um, so I'm super thrilled. And I didn't know when the line would come out. They said maybe December. And then most recently they said October. So it should be somewhere between October through December of 2022. And once the line was submitted, they reached out and said, okay, what do you want to name the line? And it was a text message. And I was like, oh boy, Ugh, I don't know. I, I knew this moment would come and I don't know. And then I said, okay, well, and I, how do I dive into this on the podcast? So I have a, a little backstory. My mom passed away in December of, uh, what is it now? 2021. She'd been struggling for years with multiple systems atrophy and I, she was a quilter. So I grew up with her quilting and it's hilarious that I did not start until my thirties and it, it was because of someone else, not my mom. It was my friend, you know, my, my original business partner who got me into the quilting world via her mom, who was a fabric designer. So here I am in my mid thirties calling up my mom. Hey, I'm starting a monthly subscription box for quilters. My mom, what? You don't quilt me. I know I need to learn. <laughs> and my mom just laughing like, really? Okay. Well, I'll be. And then, you know, oh mom, I'm designing quilt patterns. Guess what? I want to design fabric. And the thing that really, um, was exciting for my mom. And I'm feeling a bit emotional about this. She really wanted to see, she really wanted to see my fabric. And so when I would talk to her, she would ask every time, when is your fabric coming out? When's that fabric going to be ready? And she would just ask, you know, how does that work? And very excited about the fabric. And this took years, you know, of me deciding, do I want to do this? Do I not? And I would flounder and say, oh, I don't think I'm going to do it, mom. It's, it's a lot. It, it just back and forth. And um, so it's somewhat ironic, sad, heartbreaking, I don't know, and, and beautiful in its own way that shortly after my mom passed is when I signed the contract with Art Gallery Fabric. And so um, when they asked, what do you want to name it? I was nervous to text them. I was like, well, I don't know. What do you think? Is This might be weird. You know, I like to give it out. This might be a little odd. But what if we named it after my mom? My mom is named Gail. And I said, what about Gail's garden? Because it's floral, a lot of florals. And they said, you know, garden is, well, actually, I came up with another idea first. I forget what it was. Um, but it was a line, something similar to what Maureen Cracknell had already released. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, so I, you know, a second later I texted this idea about my mom, Gail's garden. He said, yes, we love the idea with your mom, which I was so happy. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And they said, but garden is overused. What else could we do? 
And it probably, I mean, it felt like forever, but it was probably about a half an hour. And I texted my sister, Sadie, to brainstorm ideas. Um, and ultimately I just thought, well, what if it's her, her first and middle name, Gail Lorraine? I think that's a really beautiful thing. So I texted that and it took a minute and she said, yep, we've chatted with the team. They love it. We're going to go with that. And so that's how the name came to be. It was, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And a side story. Well, I'll hopefully I don't get too emotional talking about this. Um, but we just recently had my mom's memorial service and we went to her house with all of my sisters, well, and my brothers and my dad, but the sisters, there's five, including myself, five daughters, um, and my dad. And we went through her room, through her jewelry, her clothing, and took the things that were meaningful to us. And looking through her jewelry drawer with all of her necklaces from around the world that she saved and collected, we were looking through the drawer and I saw this little safety pin with a button hot glue gunned onto it. And I grabbed it. I was like, wait, in my mind, I'm thinking this was from my subscription box. I remember making these thinking it would be such a beautiful touch to have this, you know, hot glue gun button on a paper clip. But, um, but I used, you know, they were these really cute buttons. So I still think they are actually a really cute button. And here it was in my mom's drawer. And it was just such a beautiful thing where it meant so much to me that my mom, uh, you know, I sent her some of my boxes along the way. And in this particular box, she obviously thought that my button was beautiful as well. And she saved that paper clip in her drawer along with all of her most precious jewelry. And that alone meant so much to me. My mom had no idea that, <laughs> that her saving that paper clip would be such a beautiful affirmation that she was proud of me and she loved the work that I did. And I felt like in her own way, it was her message of telling me that she... that she is aware of and proud of me designing fabric and and that just means the world to me so and as a side bonus my sisters who don't sew are like this makes me excited <laughs> I want to make something now with this fabric collection. So that's a fun little bonus and a sneak peek into my next collection. My dad is still here. He's still around and he actually is an artist and I plan to do some collabs with him in the next fabric line. So I'm really excited about that. But that's a little sneak peek behind the scenes of how I got here, of how my journey to publishing a book and to becoming a fabric designer. And, you know, I guess if I'm being transparent as well, I talk a lot about don't worry about the number of followers you have on Instagram. It's all in the email list. However, some of these opportunities came about because of the amount of followers I had on Instagram. I don't, I think, I think, I'm guessing. I think the book publishers probably reached out to me because of my Instagram. I could be wrong. I should ask them. I am curious about that. I, I have always just assumed maybe they found my blog. I don't know. But, um, but having a healthy following on social media does give credibility 
that's hard to show elsewhere. I mean, I guess you could make a media kit and let people know I have an email list of X amount, which if they know anything, they should know that the email list carries more credibility. However, people want to invest in and take a chance on someone who will benefit them. And so if you have a good, healthy social media following, that is an indication that you have that there's a potential for more success there with them. So I do think that that helped play into the book publishing. And then as far as with Art Gallery Fabrics, a huge part of that was being at Quilt Market and meeting Pat and making, and not just meeting her, but like chatting and getting to know her and then reaching out, hey, could we feature you in this monthly subscription box? And And having no intent of like, I'm going to do this so that one day I can hopefully design fabric for them, you know, but just taking advantage of the people who are in your path, you know, and, and not trying to use people as a stepping stone, but, but really building friendships with, with people and bonding connections that that's really served me well moving forward. And again, not doing it because I wanted to serve me well, but it just played out that way, looking back and like, you know, seeing how things played out. So that is a little bit of my journey on on the fabric design and publishing a book. And if you have more questions on this, if you want to hear more, uh, just let me know. I would love to share more. And again, this is a little bit different kind of a podcast episode, a little more untraditional. Like I said, the thought just popped in my head while I was getting ready for bed. And I was like, oh, let's just put on hold for a minute. I want to go record this. And while I'm in the moment, while we've just announced this fabric being released, I want to share about it while it's fresh on my mind. Um, So it's really exciting. I cannot wait for whenever, October, November, December, whenever that becomes available to share that with you. And I'm also excited to, to be a quilt pattern designer and to be able to design a quilt pattern that goes well with my fabric. I haven't done that yet. So I have a few months. I need to get on that. And just FYI, timing wise, uh, the next fabric collection, the due date is June 1st, which is a couple days away. And so I just barely sent in my last one, which is unusual. It's because of all the timing with everything being late in the market right now. Um, But that's a quick turnaround. So that's a little behind the scenes. It's kind of interesting. Uh, And then that June one, I don't know. It's, I I don't know when that will release. We'll see. So if I, if I get everything submitted by June 1st, uh, we'll see the turnaround time for that when that fabric will be available. So that's the goal is to have a whole nother line ready in a couple of days. So there, that's, <laughs> that's a little craziness behind the scenes for you. Uh, but if you are enjoying this Craft Career podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. And if you want to be sure to know every Friday when a new episode comes out, to have it automatically come in your library or get notifications of it, then subscribe to the podcast and that's what will happen. Uh, but Also, if this is something that you're loving and you think there's someone who would like to hear about this journey, or if there's someone who you know who's thinking about wanting to publish a book or design fabric, go ahead and send this to them. Let them know. You can take a screenshot. You can can even share the link. Just go um, and share this with someone because I would love for this to to find someone who, who could use these words of advice, of encouragement, of just 
behind the curtains, what, what does it look like? How did that come about? Um, so yes, enjoy the podcast, share it with anyone who you think it might resonate with. And for those of you listening who are creative entrepreneurs, keep reaching for your dreams. You can do it. I hope that you have that drive and that passion. Like I said, I don't know where it comes from for me, except that maybe it's competitive. I don't know. But that drive, listen to you. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast. Like I said, I was listening to an audiobook before this. Listen to the things that light you up, that motivate you, that give you energy and excitement. And just keep doing the things that you love. So we'll see you here next week on the Craft Career Podcast. Until then, have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.